0: I want to take a journey through the word of the Lord today. I've really been excited about preaching this message. Um, I want to preach on the power of the word of God. John 1.1 1, 1 starts out by saying this, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So according to the scriptures, before anything else existed, the word existed. For without the word of God, nothing can be spoken into existence. So before anything else existed, the word of God existed. First Peter 1.25 says this about the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord endureth. Or it remains forever Time cannot weaken the word The word operates in the same authority Same power Same anointing In the existence in the beginning That it does right now Sin does not weaken the word unbelief does and so according to the word of the Lord the word of God can never be eradicated you can burn it you can outlaw it you can shut the doors of the church you can take it out of the way that we live in America but the word of God lives and abides forever why because the word is God says, not only was he with God, he was God. The Word, hallelujah, existed in the eternal atmosphere. And there was the Father, there was the Holy Spirit, and there was the Word. Hallelujah. And they coexisted together, not in competition, but they were fully complete by the fellowship that they had one with another. Three different places in the New Testament, it says this, heaven and earth, or the heavens and the earth, shall pass away, but the word of God shall never pass away. So according to the word of the Lord, the word of God will be here when the church is raptured out, and the antichrist is at rule in the earth the word of god will still be in the earth hallelujah and when time shall be no more and god makes new heavens and a new earth the word will still abide in the midst of the creative redemptive power of the lord jesus christ so we must understand that the word is not a new thing it didn't come hallelujah in the faith movement. It came because the word, before it was ever spoken and ever written, it existed in life form. And that part of God is the word of the Lord. I'm trying to do this without my glasses. No, I got some right here. I wrote this big enough, I think I can do it. So according to the word of the Lord, in the beginning, the word existed. The next movement or metamorphosis of the word is we find that in Genesis chapter one, not only does the word have eternal existence, now because God wants to create something, the Bible says the word begins to speak. And for the first time, hallelujah, not only <clears throat> is the word of God existing as God in the eternal universe of the Lord, but it is, it is now beginning to speak. Everything that exists, that we see today, exists because of the word of the Lord. Psalms 38 and 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts, or the armies, that's what it means, of them by the breath of his mouth. Psalms 33 and 9 says, For he spake. And it was done. He commanded. And it, hallelujah, became into existence. Hebrews 11.3 says the worlds. Were restored and repaired by the word of God, so that things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. Before anything existed in the universe, the word existed. But when God began to speak, things began to happen. And in Genesis 1, the Word stepped up onto the edge of nothing and said, Let there be light. The world was not brought into being by a big bang. It was brought into being over a six-day period in which God Almighty stepped up as the Word onto the edge of nothing. And when there was nothing that existed, God, hallelujah, spoke things that were not as though they were. God does not need something to already exist for the Word of the Lord to be able to perform. God just simply speaks. Molecules come together, DNA rearranges, out of the atmosphere things begin to appear. What is that? That is the power of the spoken word of God. When God speaks, things shake. When God speaks, that which is not has to bow down to the very nature and authority of Almighty God. So God existed and then God speaks. You know, um, the power of the word, and I'm gonna probably tweak with you a little bit here, but it's in the scriptures. We love the name of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus, when he was given that name, it was a name above all names. But God said this about the word. The word thou hast magnified even above thy name. So according to the word, the word is greater than the name. The name, you know why it's great? Because it was given to the word. The word made the name great. There were other men in Jesus' time who were named Jesus. We don't read about them. Why? Because the name was not combined with the deity of the word of God. The word, hallelujah, made the name great. But the word was greater than the name. And so the scripture says this, that in Revelations, when Jesus, hallelujah, is on the earth, he has come back, and he is riding a white horse, and he is going forth conquering and taking dominion over the powers of darkness. John said, I saw him, hallelujah. And he had a sword going out of his mouth. But this is what's interesting. He didn't say, and his name is Jesus. He said his name is called the Word of God. There is nothing greater than the Word of God. Whether it's written or it's spoken or it walks, hallelujah, as deity, there is nothing known to man that is greater than the Word of God. That's why we must hold on to the Word as nothing else in this hour. No wonder hell hates the written Word of the Lord because when you have the Word inside of you, you invite the very name. of the deity of God Almighty gets inside of your spirit and the Word begins to challenge the reality of fear. The Word challenges the reality of sickness and disease and poverty and evil and the Word always triumphs. So, First, the word exists in heaven. Next, the word steps onto the edge of nothing and begins to speak. But then one day, in John 1 and 14, he said the word took another step, and the word became flesh. and dwelt among us. You can see the journey of God here. Hallelujah. He's just taking each step. And each step is drawing the word closer to man. Because, let me put these on here. When This is why a lot of people who struggle with the deity of Jesus Christ miss it. Because they can't get past the fact that he ate and he slept, he got tired, he got weary. They could only see him in the realm of how they exist themselves. But they could not understand that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son that he became flesh because God could not accomplish. Listen, he could speak some things into existence. When the word stepped onto the edge of nothing and he said, Let there be an apple a tree appeared in full fruit. Rivers appeared with fish thriving inside of them. Oceans came alive with whales and all of the living creatures in the ocean. Uh, suns begin to come into the existence and stars uh, just simply by the spoken word. Uh, but God was saying I have more to do uh, than for the word to just speak things into existence. Uh, I want to get inside uh, of my creation uh, because when I get inside of them uh, there is going to be released the same nature, the same Power, the same authority that's set between the Father and the Holy Ghost that is in you and I today. Greater is He that is in us. Yeah. So now people can't handle the Word. He's just so different from everybody else. In fact, Luke 4:36 says that the word whose name was Jesus, that he amazed people just by the way he spoke. Because they said he doesn't speak like the scribes. He speaks as one who has not only exousia or authority, But he also speaks as one who has dunamis or power. He spoke with authority and power till they were astonished. When is the last time the church astonished the world? We don't astonish the world in this hour. In fact, they have so little respect for the church that they think that they can do anything pass any law, and there is nothing that will ever happen to them, but they don't know it. There is a remnant in the earth that is the church. Hallelujah. It's the called out ones. What makes us different? We have inside of us the existing, eternal, living, incarnate, all-powerful, all-knowing all wise all glory word of God that's inside of you and me when Jesus the word became flesh he existed and he spoke but then he becomes flesh and when that natural flesh began to speak it just messed with people Even the devil didn't have a lot of respect for Jesus. Because <clears throat> before Jesus ever did a miracle, see the devil was thinking in terms of, um, I've never seen him do anything. He's not turned the water into wine. You know, he's, there are several things he has not done. The anointing of the Lord had not yet come upon him and so uh, the scripture says that he's led into the wilderness and for 40 days he he doesn't eat. And the Bible says that the devil then comes to him afterwards when he's hungry. You you should know this by now as a believer, the devil always comes to you when he thinks you're weak. And what he does is he begins to challenge the written word that Jesus is trusting in. Jesus is walking in authority because of the prophetic utterances that have been made over him from Isaiah and the Psalms. And he knows knows that. In fact, if you read the New Testament and the writings of Paul and some of the other writings, most of their writings they are referring back or quoting the Old Testament. Andy Stanley, who has a big church, I think, in Atlanta someplace, he said, the Old Testament is totally irrelevant, and we need to get rid of it. If there was no Old Testament, there'd be no New Testament, because the New Testament is just a greater revelation or a greater focus on the Old Testament. And the New Testament could not have been written without the Old Testament. The Old Testament was the shadow, hallelujah. The New Testament is the fullness of God in flesh. And so, the enemy believes that the way that I can stop Jesus from fulfilling his purpose in the earth is to make him not believe in the written word. You will never do anything as damage to the kingdom of darkness if you do not believe what is written in the pages of the Bible. Can I tell you this, that fear is never destroyed in the classroom of instruction. It is conquered on the battlefield of faith. We've had more teaching on faith in the last 30 years and less miracles It's interesting that the faith movement came out on the heels of the healing movement. Of Kuhlman and A. Allen and Oral Roberts and all of those men. That didn't start on coming out of faith movement. It came because men and women believed in the power of God. You'd have thought that that would have been a foundation to propel America into another dimension in God. But faith, hallelujah, the faith movement had great principles, but it was instruction. And America began to deteriorate in the midst of faith teaching in this nation until our children don't have any idea anymore what it is to walk in the supernatural. And this generation, most of us have never seen a miracle. And the devil looks at Jesus and he challenges him. He begins to say, what about this? If you're really God, what about this? And Jesus looks at him, and for four times he just says, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the Bible says after the fourth time that he said that, the Bible said the devil left him. Why? Because he realized I can't defeat this man because he believes in the power of the word. The devil will continue to harass you as long as he's not convinced that you believe in the unadulterated unwatered down power of the word of the law we used to sing an old song if Jesus said it I believe it his word cannot lie if it's written in the Bible I believe it till I die though mountains be removed and cast into the sea his word lives forever throughout eternity can I tell you Jesus hallelujah does not have to explain what he has said because your natural mind will never understand. But give me some men and women, just two or three, that can step over into another dimension that says he said it. It doesn't matter what we're looking at. It doesn't matter what we hear. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the devil says. God trumps everything. The Word cancels out every lie of hell. Fear feeds on lies and wears the garment of heaviness. Faith feeds on the written word of the Lord and wears the garment of praise. And what we are doing right now, I, I'm thinking about, you know, why Lord would this have happened in our home, in our church, with our family, with with Joshua and the Lord began to smoke to me. He said, Son, because you are opening a God portal. One hundred percent I could take a lie detector today and I would pass the flying colors. Josh can't die. You say, then how do you know? Because the word says so. That's the bottom line. So it doesn't matter what happens. He has to stand back on the platform. That's not hyper-fake. That's not emotional rhetoric. It's just that he said it no plague shall come nigh into thy dwelling when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord raises up a standard against him what is god doing god saying i need to know if you believe me and the only way he can know is to put you in places and dimensions that you have to stand on the word of the lord he cannot lie he will come through When the word was flesh, the Bible says that Jesus did things that just made people stand in marble. And they said, what kind of man is this? Because he's just caused the wind on the ocean to obey and the waves settled down. And he said, I just marvel. We ain't never seen anybody like this. This is where we're going. We all know that, that God has raised regeneration Nashville up as a healing center. I've told you that. Josh talks about that all the time. Carrie talks about all the time. We're consumed with it. We pray for those who have incurable diseases and terminal diseases. But the devil intimidates. one of the strongest stronghold that the devil has is death. We are commissioned by the scriptures as believers to raise the dead. That's what he said, raise the dead. You will never, we will never raise the dead until we first do it in our own house. And when we pray, because if you can raise somebody from the dead, then when somebody rolls up here in a wheelchair, I'm thinking, that ain't nothing. See that guy over there, I raised him from the dead. What does it do? It breaks the spirit of intimidation. The church has become so intimidated by the enemy that the only way that we can come up with miracles is we have to fake them. Most of what you see on television, many, many healing crusades that were done, they would go back and try to find those people that we supposedly healed and they can't find them. When God really, when the word really does it, you don't have to wonder. When Lazarus, hallelujah, was raised from the dead, nobody went, I wonder if he's really alive. <laughs> or when the ten lepers came home and they don't have any leprosy and and, and the noses have been restored and and fingers that have rotted off and skin and holes are, are all over them and now they have skin like a baby and they walk in the house and say honey I'm home and she looks at him. she ain't going I wonder if they really got healed listen when God does it, you don't have to wonder you might marvel but there will be no question as to the authenticity of the glory and of the power and of the majesty of God. Hear me. The Lord is saying, I am breaking the stronghold of death off of this nation. You have no idea, says the Lord, of what is being released by the Spirit of the power of God. When the disciples were in that boat, and they've never seen the Sea of Galilee like it was, they're seasoned fishermen, they know how to navigate storms. This was an unusual storm. It took them past their physical abilities, and waves are coming in, and Jesus, the word, is asleep in the boat. And they came to him and they said, if you don't do something, we're gonna die. Jesus just stood up, and he said, peace, be still. The reason I tell you that is because I want you to remember this. You can never command a storm that you can't rest in. Because why? Because rest is the outward sign of faith. If people say, "Brother Kent, you just seem to have so much faith in this time. I just believe the word of the Lord. This ain't my first rodeo. Hallelujah, it's not many of yours. But we're, we are stepping over into another. See, the church, where they've been is we have spoke the word. But now we're getting ready to be manifested. It's one, different, one thing to say it. It's another thing to show it. That's why James said, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Most of the church today doesn't understand how to walk in faith. And so, after he becomes flesh, he demonstrates by what he performs showing people the power of the word. You notice that though his name was jesus when he healed people he never said in the name of jesus he just spoke the word why because he understood the word is greater than the name we say the name of jesus because we understand that it has power but i can tell you this I truly believe that I can look at cancer and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus or I bind you by the word of the Lord. I don't even have to say Jesus because he's already in me. I'm not denigrating the name. I'm simply saying that when the word dwells in you, it takes you beyond just the words. How many times have we said in the name of Jesus and nothing happened? But oh, when you have a revelation that the word, hallelujah, is God in flesh, it moves us. And so now it takes us to the next dimension. What happens to the word after it becomes flesh? Colossians 1.27 it says, God has now made known to us the glorious riches of the mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Went from existing as God to speaking as the word, to being made manifested in flesh, the word was. But his ultimate goal was for the word to dwell in us. And now the church, hallelujah, has power because the word dwells in you and I. The DNA of God dwells in us. You remember, um, there's a verse, I think it's in Luke 1, maybe verse 37, it says this. With God, nothing is impossible. We love that verse. The very next verse, though, says, and Mary said to the angel, be it according to me, or be it unto me, according to your work. He says, with God, nothing can be, is impossible. She says, then, be it unto me according to your word. Because what he's telling her is impossible. He says, you're going to have a baby. She said, I don't have a husband. And I'm not known a man. He said, this is why I told you before this. With God, nothing is impossible. So Mary... Births the word that just doesn't talk about it but demonstrates it. Her faith did that. Zechariah, who also wanted a child, is told the same thing, takes the same miracle. Elizabeth is about 80 years old. Her womb is dead. She's never had a child. And he says, you're gonna have a son. Zachariah doesn't believe him. Unbelief birthed a man who could only talk about what was gonna happen and never could demonstrate it. John, it says, said there's somebody coming And he never ever did a miracle. Mary, hallelujah, said, Be it according to me by thy word. And she birthed not somebody that talked about it, but demonstrated it by the power of God. We have a Zechariah in the house of the Lord that keeps talking about it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And what we need is a Mary anointing that on the edge of the angel saying, With God, nothing shall be impossible. And the next thing we say, Lord, according to your word, let it be unto me, for the word shall never return unto him void. The Bible says this, that the the word God says that you and I are not just to have life, but abundant life. Says that man shall no, no longer just live by bread alone, but now we will live by the word of God, hallelujah, that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. <clears throat> you can either have life that is mere existence, or you can have abundant life that's full of joy. And we're coming to a place where only those who have great faith, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You know, when, we go, when you go into battle, you don't want to go unprepared or empty-handed. In the sixth chapter of Ephesians, it gives us a list of the armor that you and I walk with. I mean, you saw the podcast Wednesday about the shield of faith. Faith is the only thing that will protect your entire life from the death darts of the enemy. Right now our shield has a lot of fiery darts in it that are telling us one thing to our family but they're dying out because they can't penetrate the shield of faith. But the Bible also says this, that all of that that's listed is defensive protection. The only offensive weapon that the believer has been given in this day, the Bible said, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's one thing to hold up the shield of faith and say, you're not going to destroy my faith. You're not going to come in. But there's another place that when the enemy looks like he has struck a mortal blow, you've got to shift from defensive to offensive. Carrie and I, yesterday, we went, went in. We got this horrible report since we got there. And basically, they were telling us there was no hope. And I, and I told them, I said, well, we're believers. And I'm a pastor. I said, well, can we just have the room for a little bit to pray? And, and everything in the natural that we're looking at says one thing. But we begin to bind the spirit of death we begin to bind the words that had come against us within about three hours we got a call that everything was beginning to reverse by the power of god see God needs some believers that have enough confidence in the offensive word of the Lord that you don't just stay in your own realm and say well he will leave me alone I'll leave him alone. No sir God needs a church that is so radically full of faith in the Holy Ghost that when everything is great you attack 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 in the name of the Lord with the word of God. Now, that the word cuts to and fro. You know, the Bible says, "If any two agree, and that the word of God is like a two-edged sword." The reason it's powerful is one side is God's voice and the other side is our voice. And when we take that sword and we go this way, we are loosing agreement. The double-edged sword of the Lord and beginning to cut down the very powers of darkness. There's a whole bunch of demons that have to be brought down. Now, Not just for my son, but for the nations. Hallelujah. God is trying to loose the word of the Lord in you. For the first time, with Christ dwelling in us, the believers now possess a weapon that can destroy the works of the devil. You and I have been given that commission. That's why the Lord said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. How can we do that? Because he says, I for the first time now have given humanity an offensive weapon to destroy the works of the devil. In fact... Revelations 12, 11 says, you and I overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb or of Jesus and the word or the logos of our testimony. And the word testimony literally means when one testifies before a judge, that when you and I are speaking the logos of God, That everything in the natural says one thing, but you're standing before the judge in heaven and you are testifying, you're releasing, hallelujah, your word, the logos of God. And when you do that, the courts of heaven have to rule in your favor. That's why we are an overcomer by the word of our testimony. Jeremiah 23 and 29 says this, that the Word of God is like a hammer that breaketh rock into little pieces. The word rock translates stronghold. We are accustomed to dealing with minimal things. While the devil has been establishing strongholds in the earth, We are not where we are in America because of political corruption. We are where we are is because the church quit believing in the word of the Lord and we interpreted blessing. I I turned on TV and it was on on TBN and they had a preacher in there, Um, he's a very well known black preacher, he's been around for many, many years and he was dressed good and he was sweating and he had a handkerchief and a mic and he was saying, I didn't come here for me, I came here for you because God sent me here with the word. Because he needs you to decide that you're not going to live in poverty and sickness. And God said that I come today to tell you you're coming out of it. And God told me today to tell you that if you'll sow a seed. That's what it always goes back to. Money. Freely you have received, freely you have given. I can tell you this, I make no apology for all of these preachers that stood up there and said, God told me this and you're supposed they're going to burn in hell for raping the body of Christ and making everything about money instead of meeting the needs of the sheep. Hallelujah. And the Lord is raising up shepherds in this hour that are more concerned about the needs of the sheep than they are of their own personal goals. If you will take care of the kingdom of God, God will take care of your own desires. And God in this hour is saying, Hallelujah. You don't have to pay for healing. You don't have to pay for prosperity, you don't have to pay for joy, you don't have to pay, you don't have to buy your children's soul, but all you got to do is declare the word of the Lord, God says I'm healed, God says I'm whole, the word says train up a child, and when they're old, they will come back home, the word says that God is on our side. The greatest sin in the church today is unbelief. And unbelief is not a demon. It's a choice. And it's difficult to believe in the abilities of someone when you don't know them well. And we have lots of people that read the Bible. But they don't know the man that wrote it. Because when they go to prayer, they're talking to a stranger. And that's why they can't pray. It's because they've not cultivated the relationship. Say, what's well, difficult for me to pray. Listen, when you first meet somebody, you might like them... But for there to be a great friendship developed, there takes time that you begin to interact and conversate and you begin to find out what they like and what they don't like and find out where where they've been and what they've gone through. And as you have that, you build that relationship there is this love that begins to grow between you and them. That's how it is with Jesus. So Unbelief challenges the word of God. This, David said this in Psalms 119. He said, thy word <clears throat> have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. In the parable of the terrors of the sower, it said <clears throat> the word is sown, and immediately the devil comes to steal the word. See, we can, we're we in this building, we're having a great time. You'll like my preaching and we're shouting and standing on our feet. But when you're staring the devil in the eye, many times you're by yourself. We don't have this atmosphere. We don't have the energy uh, of, of being in this kind of service. And so, thank God that we come together and we enjoy each other's strength. But ultimately, your success in God is based on what you have on an individual basis and not who's your pastor or what church you go to. And unbelief, hallelujah, challenges everything that God has said. But before, listen, you know how I know God will perform it? Because before the liar ever exists, God already existed. Before the devil ever came, the devil only speaks lies. If you and I are believers, and God has said it, they shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Is there any sick among you? Let the elders of the church come. Pray the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. Not only their, their bodies heal, but their sins are forgiven them. You have to take the word. In fact, Mark seven 13, I'll give you the, the breakdown. He said, you make the word of God devoid of force and authority. In King James, it says, through your traditions. But if you look up the word traditions, it literally means you make the word of God devoid of force and authority because you gave up. Once you set your face like a flint, you no longer look at the impossible. You look at the word of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is why great men and great women of God that do great exploits, we don't hardly ever find their books in Christian bookstores. You're going to say, you know, can I have that first edition of Smith Wigglesworth? Well, that's out of print. Well, how about that book on 10 ways to grow your church? Well, we got a whole section right over there. (laughs) Why? Because the devil hates truth. And what God is doing in this hour is the word of God lives and abides forever. And what's happening right now is hell is challenging this church to embrace unbelief. The greatest success the devil could ever have is to have a funeral in this building, and the greatest success that faith will ever have is to have a celebration building, a service in this building. You choose. Hallelujah. You have to get your feet planted on the rock of ages, and you look hell in the eye and say, you can't move me. You can charge me. You can tell me all your lies, but I am positioned on the rock of ages, the Word of the Lord, the chief cornerstone. We are getting ready to step back over, saith the Lord. In fact, we have already broke through. The battle has been won, saith God, and now they're getting ready to be revealed in the natural, that which has already been accomplished in the spirit. God is saying, I am releasing in this house an unprecedented anointing to break the yoke, for they will come from around the world, and you will see the majesty of and the glory of God. Oh no! This saith the Lord, I am already in you. Release, release, release the power of the Word of God, because I cannot lie. Oh, <laughs> Romans ten and eight says this: the Word. Is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Another scripture says this. This is about unbelievers. They honor me with their lips, their mouth, with the word. But he said, they don't have it in their heart. He said, their heart is far from me. God is trying to bring us to a place to where we just don't talk it, but we demonstrate it. Lots of people can teach principles, but it's a whole different ball game not to preach the message, but to become the message. And many of you, God has taken through some dark places. I think of the scripture that says, yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because shadows can't hurt you. Didn't say, yea, though I walk through the valley of death. It said the shadow. In fact, in the New Testament, it says this, that there was the shadow of darkness, but the Holy Ghost overshadowed the shadow of darkness. And what God is trying to do in this hour is to release the wings, hallelujah, of the great I am and to overshadow the shadow of darkness in this nation and begin to release the power and of the word of the Lord. I'm almost done here, but you remember the scripture when the centurion came to Jesus. i am back up for a minute. The Bible said this about Jesus. It said that, when he spoke and did things, it said they marveled. Yeah. They marveled at the faith that he displayed. The Bible also says that Jesus marveled. It said he marveled at their unbelief. Yeah. Jesus made a marvel about faith. They made Jesus marvel at their unbelief. He's sitting there going, I don't get it. I'm healing lepers. I'm calming storms. I'm feeding 20,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. I'm doing incredible things, and they still don't believe it. Just because we're God's people doesn't mean we walk into our inheritance. The New Testament says the Israelites, who were God's chosen people, did not enter into the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. And so the Bible said that God cut them off and he grafted in a group of people that were not his chosen because the Gentiles chose to believe the word of the Lord. Now we know one day they will be grafted back in when they embrace Jesus, hallelujah, as the Messiah. But I can tell you this, God can cut you out of the tree just as fast as he can graft you into the tree. And of all the things that the Lord Lord hates. He hates unbelief. Say why? Because he hates being called a liar. Because that's the name of the devil. And when you call Jesus a liar with unbelief, you're giving him the same name that he gave the devil. And we don't want to do that. So here comes the centurion to Jesus, and he said, My servant is grievously sick. And he looked at Jesus and said, But I understand authority. He said, I understand the power of the spoken word. And he said, All I need you to do, cut up a I, I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need you to anoint him with oil. I don't need you to pray the prayer of faith. All I need you to do is speak the word. Hallelujah. My God, do you realize how powerful that is? So we speak the word to that hospital room. We speak the word to you that have cancer that are watching me online. We speak the word to this political mess that's going on in our nation. We speak the word against the coronavirus and the Omicron. Hallelujah. We speak the word against the intent of the devil. Why? Because it is powerful. it does not say in three days later the servant was well said he got to the house and the servant was well and he said what time did he get up and they realized he got up the same time that Jesus spoke the word so now Jesus said this Greater works than these shall ye do why was he manifested in the flesh so he could be a seed that would release a rule of people in the spirit realm Christ is in us so we can look at cancer we can look at paralysis we can look at alzheimer 's and we say we speak the word over you that you will bow down to the name of Jesus and healings begin to take place so all over the world right now I lose hallelujah the word of God out of your spirit that you are no longer intimidated you do not bow down but you rise up by the Holy Ghost and you declare it does matter what you say it doesn't matter what it looks like the word the word the word already gave me my answer and the word will not return unto him void Hallelujah. Let's fill up the front, come on. We're in the most pivotal time that we've ever been as a church. Because you and I are a God gate that God is using right now to open up a God portal over this nation, over other nations hallelujah but God is trying to loose in us the word of the Lord hallelujah say oh Lord please do it God's saying what are you doing do it yourself hallelujah you do it God does not respond to pity i told the devil the other day i said you don't get my tears because i am not sad hallelujah In fact, I have the joy because by the Spirit uh, I see my Son doing communion and the devil going, no, no, no! And God doing it. Don't you know when Jesus walked out of the tomb on the third day, uh, hell was saying No, no, no! You can't do that. And Jesus said, oh, I'm the Word and though I was dead, I am alive forevermore. So upon you and your Spirit, I release Uh, faith 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 what is that believing believing believe 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 in thy heart uh, confess with thy mouth uh, and God will do it so today instead of asking God to do it I want you to verbally begin to command in the spirit Because the Word of God is already in you. And the last thing God wanted to be was the Word dwelling inside of you. He's never made another metamorphosis. He's never made another change. He went from existence to speech to flesh. He said, but my goal is to be in you. And when he left... He left because he knew my words in the earth now. Hallelujah. This is why children are going to perform miracles. Because they are not weighted down with unbelief. They don't have the experiences of failure. They just simply know. That's why the Lord said you got to be like a child. So I want you to raise your hands because we're going to bind the demon of unbelief in this building. Not just about my son. This is about there is a spirit of unbelief that's trying to get a hold of the body of Christ in your life. And remind you of everybody else that's failed and how many times you prayed. It didn't happen. But listen, you got to pray the prayer of faith. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I command every demon of unbelief that's in this building and into the lives of those under the sound of my voice. Oh devil, I see you. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit of unbelief, every spirit that challenges the word of the Lord. You will leave right now in Jesus' name. Now Lord, God, we loose hallelujah, the measure of faith in this building that all oh, God Lord we have because we've asked in faith believing that God this year is the greatest year that the earth has seen Lord because of the spirit of faith that's being released in the atmosphere in this building in Jesus name now I want you to think of the strongholds that you're dealing with And I don't want you to come against them with tears. And I want you to begin to say, oh Lord, if you could just do it, God ain't going to respond to that. Neither would the devil. Release the word that's in you. Hallelujah. Speak the word. If the centurion understood authority and said, just speak the word. Speak it over your children. Speak it over your marriage. Speak it over your parents that have Alzheimer's. Speak it over the cancer in your body. Speak it over those that are in wheelchairs and are listening to me. Hallelujah. Speak right now. I want you to raise your hands. Whatever you need God to do by the authority. There is a delegated authority that the Word has put in you that whatever you bind he'll bind whatever you loose he'll loose create even create right now in Jesus name begin to create by the word of the Lord saying God we declare it shall be it is it is written it is written in the name of the Lord we loose the word of God in this building hallelujah Shara babo Sunday, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. The devil is a liar. Karama Sunday. The devil is a liar. The word of God will not come back void, says the Lord. There is a release right now in the atmosphere over you. There is the supernatural being released by the power of God. Church, if we don't get this, we will never go any farther. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Marabobosandai. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, oh God. <clears throat> I want you to tell the Lord, God, by the Holy Ghost, from this day on, I will never let unbelief come out of my mouth again. Hallelujah. Never again will I let the devil use my tongue to call God a liar but all this day hallelujah Lord we believe we believe that that which you have spoken not only are you able but you will perform your spoken word hallelujah the word is just not written but now it's inside of you you have the living incarnate nature of God that when you speak it's just like Jesus speaking That's what God intended, that when you speak to the devil, it's Jesus speaking to the devil. For so long, we have been asking God to do it, and we forget the last words that he said before he died. It is finished. When he said that, he made provision, for every single stronghold that would ever occur in your life. He said that when he knew the doctor would say you have cancer. He said that when you knew, when when you were told negative reports, going through deep, dark places. There is nothing that you can encounter that Jesus did not make provision for at Calvary nothing so I believe that God out of what we're seeing right now is demonstrating the power of the word of God we stand on the word when you've done all to stand just stand thanks for tuning in For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.